0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Fox 2 presents Hancock
0: and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2 on your Sunday morning. On your right, right over there, John Hancock. Good morning. See you. On the left today is Braxton Payne. He's in for Michael Kelly. Good to have you back. Good morning. Good to have you here today. We have a lot to talk about. Big story this week a vote on the impeachment inquiry of President Donald Trump. Fox News correspondent Lauren Blanchard gets us up to speed and then we will discuss.
2: Thursday was a test for the leaders of both parties, a resolution starting the impeachment process passing in the House with all but two Democrats voting yes and every Republican voting no. It's about the truth, it's about the Constitution. We will do so in a way that brings people together. Not only did every single Republican reject the Soviet-style impeachment process, But we were even joined by Democrats who couldn't stand it anymore. Democrats say the vote will lay the groundwork for the impeachment inquiry going forward and will open up testimony and they will be able to release transcripts.
3: We take no joy in having to move down this road and proceed with the impeachment inquiry. But neither do we shrink from it.
2: Afterwards, Republicans headed to the White House for a briefing, the press secretary saying the administration is focusing on issues, while Democrats are choosing every day to waste time on a sham impeachment, a blatantly partisan attempt to destroy the president.
0: The Democrats just keeping everything behind closed doors. The administration has been very transparent and open.
2: Also Thursday, Tim Morrison, a former member of the National Security Council, testified for more than eight hours behind closed doors. Democrats hope to hear from Morrison's old boss, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, and have issued a subpoena for his testimony. This first vote is just the beginning in this impeachment inquiry. The House is still weeks away from a formal vote on whether to impeach the president or not. If that passes, it would head to the Republican-controlled Senate, where there is more support for President Trump. In Washington, Lauren Blanchard, Fox News. All right, so there's
0: where we are at this point. John, you're up first. Has this been a fair process thus far?
2: No,
1: uh, it hasn't, and it's not a fair process at this point. You've got a situation where you're going to impeach a president of the United States. It's one of the most serious things a government does in this country, very rare. And the minority party does not have the ability to call its own witnesses to this thing. The, the Adam Schiff and the committee has to sign off on all the witnesses that Republicans would want to call. It's just not fair. The other thing that's happened is the Democrats have had, oh, three or four weeks basically of total control of the narrative because they've had these private, you know, secret meetings. Uh, They've been able to kind of spin it coming out. The public hasn't seen the testimony. They've had a month to make their case here, and they've not made it that effectively. I think once the witnesses actually testify uh, one of two things is going to happen. Either the public's going to tune it out because it is a, just a hyper-partisan, on both sides, hyper-partisan process. Or people are going to say, you know, you may or may not agree with what Donald Trump did with Ukraine, but is this really impeachable? Really? And, and I think that's where we're going to be on this All right, set. Braxton, you're up. The uh, you
0: know, Republicans saying it's unfair, it's in this bunker. right? I love all the, the buzzwords that came out this week, the underground bunker, the Soviet style, the private, all this kind of stuff. So you know where they are at this point. Has it been fair, and where do you go from here? Well,
3: first off, yes. I mean, but October 21st, Donald Trump gave an interview to Sean Hannity. He asked for the process to be open. He asked for his lawyers to be in the room. He asked for cross-examination. He's getting all three of those things that he asked for. So how is it all of a sudden now tainted when he's the one that asked for this process to be? I mean, if, if it was really, you know, Speaker Pelosi didn't want to do this, the facts led her to do this. Let's be honest. I mean, if after the Mueller report, she didn't bring up the impeachment inquiry because there wasn't enough there. So now that the facts lead, lead them there, that's what they have to do. And that's what their constitutional right provides them to do. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was this crooked back when uh, President
0: Johnson was impeached. You're the only one who would remember that. <laughs> I, I don't know because you're hearing so much spin. You know, let's talk about the whistleblower. Well, did he meet with Adam Schiff before and his staff, which he would did. be against the rules, right? But then again, all the testimony seems to match what the whistleblower was saying from what we're hearing at this point. It's so much spin. I think well, most
1: people are just y- tuning this y- out y- right you've now. Gotta, you, there is a fact set that's well established at this point. Donald Trump. Uh, withheld giving aid to Ukraine for some period of weeks. Uh, In the midst of that withholding of the aid, he had a conversation with the president of the Ukraine, and he said, gosh, I'd like you to do me a favor and investigate this Biden situation and see if we can find that DNC server over here in Ukraine (laughs) somewhere. Uh, I mean, those, those are the facts. Now, you know, I wish he hadn't done that, I wish he hadn't had that conversation, it was not appropriate, it was not in the best interest of our foreign policy. That aid had been appropriated by Congress. It goes. When Congress appropriates money, it money is spent. Uh, so all of that is true, it's been established, and nothing that's come out from any of these witnesses has done anything but say, okay, this is what happened. The question is, is that which happened rise to the level of kicking out a president when you've got an election literally just around the corner? And I think the American people are going to look at this set of facts. And nothing new has come out. Not one thing new. Uh, and, and I don't think the support for impeachment is going to be there. Yeah, what, we're about one year from this weekend, right?
0: Um, the one I'm interested in seeing, John Bolton here, because the way he left and the, the controversy
3: there, uh, that one I'm intrigued in. Who are you most interested in seeing here? Or is that it? I think it's definitely John Bolton. And I think the way he's doing it is the most interesting process. He's asking, he's essentially saying he does not want to testify just to save face i think with donald trump so i think what he's doing is going through the courts and then the courts are going to make him testify i think i think the the lower court's going to rule that he has to testify then it'll go to dc Court. I'll be interested if the Supreme Court takes it up. Will, will they weigh in on this or will they stay clean of it completely? Because, in my opinion, I think they will stay clean of it and just let the D.C. court make him testify.
1: You know, he, he might shave that mustache off and go into hiding, Brown. Uh, <laughs> no one would recognize w- him. W- huh? w- who is that guy? Yeah. yeah. All right, one more topic here before we go on our first block here.
0: President Obama spoke at the annual summit for the Obama Foundation, said a few things that ruffled a few feathers. Here he is. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who
2: do really good stuff have flaws.
0: I, you know, he kind of goes back to the topic we've been discussing time and time again is this this culture of outrage on both sides. And John, I'll have you go first on this one. Um, yeah, I think we've gotten so divided that you can't even have a basic discussion about anything
1: anymore, and he even raised that point there. Well, we've turned our political foes into Satan, mm-hmm. uh, both sides. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, there's no negotiating with Satan. And and so, you know, look look at Congress, okay? And I'm take republican or democrat out of it the institution of congress is accomplishing next to nothing and that's been the case for years now and that's not the way this system was designed the system was designed to have people of disparate viewpoints come together recognize the problems in the country and we all can agree on many of the problems in the country and and come up with ideas to address them and that system is fundamentally broken now and it's because uh, barack obama was right there it's because we're not able to work together and, and come together. Braxton, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's a number of things
0: here, but, but, but he is right. If we disagree on one thing, anymore. You draw the line. We can't be friends.
3: Well, in social media, you you only talk to people that you agree with. I mean, my dad's a Republican. Uh, We get along so well, and we can talk about politics for hours. And we may disagree on how to solve that problem, but we can talk about what the problem is and how we can solve it. And that's what we need. And the thing is, is is when you're talking in 180 characters, and you're just talking to the same people that agree with you, you're just going to continue to feel the same way, and you're going to get even more angry and think that the other side is like you said the devil and they're not I mean me and John get along we I think, do you know and it's it's one of the things that it's really important to understand that it's not just social media it's not just this you have to have a conversation with people in person and figure out really what's going on and how we can make the world an actual better place instead of just yelling at each other I'd right, still to come on
0: Hancock and Kelly we're gonna play good week bad week President Trump had perhaps his best week in office and his worst same could be said about Elizabeth Warren's campaign.
1: To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hadcock & Kelly.
0: Let's play good week, bad week. This week, two people win with both good weeks and bad weeks. It's not often we can say that. We already discussed the president's bad week with the impeachment vote, right? But here's the flip side. He arguably had the best week of his presidency as well. The administration took out the most wanted terror leader in the world, got all sorts of intelligence from that, all with no significant injuries to American troops other than the dog. And the first phase of the China deal ramped up this week, making your 401K and your retirement fund very happy. The stock market rose to its highest level in history. John, he again, I mean, we've had this discussion several times on this show, he has really good policy victories here and again. One, it gets overshadowed by things he says typically,
1: and same thing this week. I mean, this was a pretty good week. Well, there's no question but that the, uh, the killing of uh, uh, al-Baghdadi was... A huge, you know, foreign policy win for Donald Trump. It's really kind of gotten. I mean, here we are on Sunday, and it was just a week ago. A week ago, mm-hmm. and nobody's talking about it now. After Monday, uh, it was off the yeah. front pages of everything. Yeah, which is and, surprising. you know, but it is a. It was a massive thing. How'd you like to be the next guy in line Ooh. to be the head of ISIS? Well, that's good. That's I mean, the fear they need to have, right? As an American, right. we need to make sure they have that. Yeah. Fear. So they named the new guy now, and I got to believe he's saying, "Well, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, you know, let's pass that on to somebody else." Yeah. So I, again, even a lot of Democrats
0: I heard say, "Yeah, he had a good week, but that doesn't over that doesn't overshadow everything else going on." My
3: my fear is with China is that he's so impulsive that the, the deals that we've been hearing about won't come to fruition, and I I just don't want whatever he does to have a long term impact. I also wish that instead of dealing with our geopolitical foes all the time, like Russia um, and, and China, that he actually deals with Canada and Mexico and France and actually gets good deals with our friends instead of so much our, our foes. All right, the other person to have a good week and a bad week all in one, that would be Senator
0: Elizabeth Warren. We say good week because she finally unveiled her plan for Medicare for all. Her supporters love it. She says there will be no tax hikes on the middle class. Now, it is admitted that there might be 2 million people who might lose their jobs, which, John, to support your point, that's a tax cut for these people because they no longer have an income. It was also a bad week for her on another front. She claimed that she was fired from her first teaching job way back in 1971 because she was discriminated against because she was pregnant. Reporters dug up some minutes from a school board meeting way back then when it shows she was offered a new contract, but she rejected it. In her books and interviews over the years, she never claimed she was fired until just a few years ago. Previously, she said she quit to raise her children. Braxton, you're up first on this one. Um, So, bad week also because Joe Biden attacked her on this Medicare for All proposal. He had lots of choice words for it.
3: Yeah, so I think, first off, I think the plan is very bold. And we don't see many bold plans anymore. And yes, it is an expensive plan. I think also you see who won is, is, you know, Joe Biden but Mayor Pete. They both are going to have good weeks because I think... You'll see that the Democratic primary is not as far left as Elizabeth Warren, but also you see a lot of moderates in our party because we are a big tent. Um, but I also think Wall Street is not popular in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Wealthy people are not popular in the Democratic Party. So her plan will have some legs and will, I mean, Healthcare is a fundamental right, and that's what I believe, and I think that's what many Democrats believe, and that's what Medicare for All does. But I want to go back to this Mayor Pete. If I'm Mayor Pete, I just lay low for the next <laughs> six months, because the other guys are going to fall apart, it looks like, and he
0: could be standing there. Um, He makes the good point that people don't want to just give up their health care. That seems to be a more reasonable approach to people across the aisle, and that's resonating with both sides.
3: Yeah, you see the public option among Democrats, and even among independents, is a very popular option. It was floated during uh, Obamacare in 2009. It did not pass due to a couple conservative Democrats in the Senate. Um, But I think a public option, Amy Klobuchar has also put that forward. Uh, I think that's going to be where the Democratic Party ends up at the end of the primary process, but it's also a long primary process. We're, what, still 92 days from the Iowa caucus? That's just the first one of many. So I think we're going to see a lot of plans released. I also will say the Republicans haven't released a health care plan. Neither has Bernie Sanders for that fact. Mm -hmm. At least she's doing something. At least she's releasing her plans. All right, John. Now talk about this bad week for Elizabeth Warren. Well, When it comes to her, you know, how the story has changed
0: maybe to suit the political needs, same sort of thing that they'll point out with the Native she's
1: She's got a veracity problem, and this enhances that. But this health care plan, it is the single biggest expansionist program offered by a major candidate for president of the United States in the history of the country. Twenty point five trillion dollars. That's darn near the size of the entire national debt. And it's five times the size of the annual federal budget. And if you think that's going to get paid for by just taxing a few rich people, it will be the most massive tax. I mean, it, you talk about socialism. You have, will have no choice but socialism uh, if you enact something like this. It is a ridiculous proposal. And in Democrats, I would have to thank serious Democrats who want to win the White House. And Donald Trump is weak, his numbers are not good. If they want to win the White House, this is precisely the wrong way to go about it. They may end up costing themselves the election if they nominate Elizabeth Warren in this, this massive bad, bad plan. All right, still to
0: come here on Hancock and Kelly. We're talking about that $20 million discrimination verdict in St. Louis County. Plus the other big news this week that some developers say shows that St. Louis is having a historically good run right now. So why isn't everybody seeing this? Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly. It's time for a little news potpourri on your Sunday morning. We're going to start off with Twitter. Twitter announced this week they're banning all political ads from their service. Jack Dorsey, the company's CEO and, of course, the St. Louis native, tweeted the announcement saying, We believe political message should be earned, not bought. The move comes as Twitter reacts to growing concern about the spread of misinformation on social media. Facebook, they're going to continue doing their social media political ads, even false ones as a free speech priority. Same thing for uh, some of Google's platforms.
3: Uh, Braxton, you're up first. This is what you do all day long, right? You do a lot of social media advertising. Your thoughts on what Dorsey's doing here? Um, I think first off, it's a cop-out. So I think there's a couple reasons. First off, you you can hire fact-checkers. But I think what he did is he ran the ROI on this. In the 2018 election, there's only three million dollars spent on political advertising on Twitter. There was three hundred and fifty-four million dollars on Facebook. Mm. So he saw that I can't, you know, I can hire 20 30 fact checkers you know work them 60 hours a week but you know I'm not going to be making I'm going to be essentially breaking even even and the bad PR that Zuckerberg's getting I don't want that either so I'm, I'm not going to do it I will say it is going to make it difficult for people like me to communicate with stakeholders inside the community because that's where Twitter that's what Twitter is it's you know every stakeholder inside the community I just think it's a cop-out but I also think what, I mean, there's money there for Zuckerberg to hire fact checkers. He just refuses to do it, so there's, I have a problem with that as well. What it doesn't crack down on, John, is Russian bots or misinformation or disinformation.
0: People out there who aren't buying space. This is a, this is, is a else.
1: this is a sticky area mm-hmm. because nobody wants falsehoods being broadcast and paid for and put out. Nobody does. And on the other hand, you know that where you start drawing those lines, and when you start having whether it's a private company or worse yet the government dictating what can and cannot be said is in as political speech that's a very dangerous area now if something's demonstrably false demonstrably untrue then yeah pull it off the air uh, but but if you're if it's not clear if it's an opinion uh, you know where do you where do you draw the line on giving people the ability to to restrict political speech political speech ought to be the least encumbered speech of any speech in this country.
0: All right. Next one in our potpourri here. Big verdict this week against St. Louis County. As you probably heard the story by now, a gay police officer, been uh, uh, passed over numerous times for promotions. He won this case, and there's a lot going on behind here, guys, including the county saying we didn't want this defense that we used, and now they're on the hook for what 19.9 million when they could have settled for
1: 800,000. John, you're up first. Well, the fact that they didn't settle tells me they thought they had a winning case right. here. And now, if you don't promote somebody because they're gay, that's wrong. But if you don't promote somebody because they don't merit promotion and they happen to be gay, that's, you know, you're doing your job. And what I find most distasteful about this is there is a political effort to get rid of John Belmar, the chief of police, somebody I know well, who is well-respected in the department and across the country. St. Louis County has one of the best, most professional police departments in this nation. And if you're going to start blowing it up and and having political correctness dictate how a police department's run, you're going to make St. Louis County residents less safe
3: yeah I, I think the lawyers did think they could win it because it is legal to discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation in the state of missouri so that's really where you need to focus on is we need to pass a statewide law to protect uh... lgbtq but we could have changed it in the county right uh... yes and so that's no, it, it goes to the <laughs> systematic problem in st louis county the diversity inclusion head of st louis county is hazel irby and she voted in twenty twelve not to include in the st louis county charter uh, the basis of LGBTQ people being able to be discriminated against for employment. Yeah, not a good
0: look on that one. All right, still to come here on Hancock & Kelly, it's time for final thoughts. These guys are going to be cooking them up in their brain, and we'll see what they come up with right after this. Time for some final thoughts here on Hancock and Kelly. Braxton, of course, filling in today for
3: Michael Kelly, who's off. And you're going to start off with
0: soccer here. This
3: is such a great story this Yeah, week. I am so, so very excited to have the MLS. I, and I could not thank uh, the the Taylor family, Caroline Betts, and Jim Cavanaugh for having a vision, but it's going to be privately funded in downtown West, right by where I work, and it's right down the street on Jefferson. I am so excited. I mean, I'm going to essentially be able to walk to games or take a scooter to games. I mean, it's going to be, I went to Atlanta game last month, or yeah, last month, and the atmosphere around Atlanta about a soccer team in the south, who would have thought? But right. can you imagine, in a soccer city like St. Louis, how infectious this team's gonna be? This is a game changer. I mean, change that entire yeah. complexion.
0: I, I, uh, I won't love be this. taking
1: a scooter for the game, Brown. <laughs> I might, You just know, took one. You, you know sir. Brown, love is in the air. Can you smell it I out do. there? I was in the well, potpourri Oh, our, look at our this our video. video. Jackson over here. He's asking Megan no if she'll idea. marry him. She looks like she just discovered Bigfoot there. She's very excited. And there she can't quite can't quite pull herself. There she comes. She's about to say yes. I. She does say yes. Braxton. Does she? Yes, she, doesn't she does. not even get close for a long time. What happened? You know, away. I saw that didn't on Twitter. Say <laughs> I saw that on Twitter, and I told my wife, "Isn't oh, this key Because we've been married 30 years. I, t- I told my wife Brown. I said, "I've given you the best years of my life." <laughs> she said, "Which two were?" The <laughs> right. Best? Yeah. Oh, well, we God. can
0: give you. We could give you marriage advice there. So, uh, but I, you don't want to hear from us. Uh, no. We got nothing. So congratulations. Well, thank, you. congratulations. thank you. Nice job. I appreciate That's, it. What's her name? Megan. Megan, congratulations, Megan. Maybe you can sit in next time, okay? <laughs> All right, thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly today. If you missed any part of the show, download it there on your smartphone. Search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is next, and we'll see you back here next time. Thank you, Braxton. Thank see you. Good back. job.